When you're giving feedback, rule one is that you give the feedback and that you give it with the intent to help somebody accomplish something and get better at something. And to that extent, the feedback we're offering is a gift. Welcome to the Veterinary Leadership Success Podcast, the show for veterinary practice owners and managers who are eager to become the leaders their teams deserve. I'm your host, veterinarian and leadership expert, Dr. Dave Nicholl, and each week I'll be diving into important topics from the world of veterinary team leadership. In these short, sharp and punchy episodes, I'll share my insights, experiences and practical tips to help you navigate the challenges of leadership in the veterinary profession. Whether it's head in the clouds vision casting or in the trenches leading for performance, we will cover it all. As an owner myself, I understand the unique dynamics and demands of running a successful veterinary practice. And I'm passionate about empowering you to create a workplace where people and pets can thrive. So if you're ready for your weekly leadership fix, let's dive in to this week's show. So let's talk about feedback, guys. It is without a doubt one of the things that has to be flowing in a practice in order for the practice to function at a high level. Unfortunately, it is also one of the things that people find the most scary to give and to receive. So why is feedback so important? Why does it matter? Why is it something that literally is like blood in our veins, in our arteries? If it's there, then things can improve, things can change. If it's not there, then a lot of stuff is going to get stuck. And the reason for that is it's an essential part of the growth cycle. So if you think about growth, the first thing, if you want growth to be happening effectively in your practice, with your people, with yourself, the first thing you have to do is set an objective. What is it that you want to accomplish? Where are you now? Where do you want to go? That's called setting the objective. So it needs to be smart, it needs to be specific, measurable, achievable or audacious, relevant, and have a time limit. And with any good objective, you know, one of the most important things that you're capturing is how would you know when it's done and what does good look like, okay? And if you know that, you've got that clarity, then you're ready to progress to the next step, which is doing the stuff that's required in order to accomplish the objective. So what is the task list? And that might be if you're learning a new skill, It might be reading a book, it might be finding a course, it might be finding some cadavers to do practice surgery on, it might be you're getting good at feedback and to practice doing feedback sessions one-to-one, it might be finding a mentor, it might be one of a hundred different things that you could undertake in order to accomplish your objective. Now, as you start to do stuff, then you're going to start gathering some results of your efforts and you're either going to accomplish the objective or you're not. And the harder the objective is to accomplish, the more likely you are not to accomplish it. And in fact, big, scary, audacious objectives that seem almost impossible to do, which are also sometimes the most fun to embark upon, you almost certainly are going to have to break those down into lots of smaller steps along the way. So, you are going to continually be in the cycle of doing, gathering data, doing, gathering data. The thing that then slots in between those two things, 
that allows you to change course and to calibrate whether the thing that you're doing is actually working is feedback. Now, you might get that feedback from the environment in the form of data. You do X, the result is Y, and the result you're looking for needs to be compared to Y. And if it's Y minus 5 or if it's Z, then it's not the right result. And you can look for reasons why. Those reasons, that's feedback. Now, that's great if it's data because it's very hard to argue with data. But sometimes, and very frequently this is true, what we're actually needing to give feedback to somebody about or gather feedback on ourselves isn't so clear cut. It actually can be more of an opinion or it can certainly seem that way. And sometimes it's not even invited. And this is where feedback starts to go wrong. So one of the most healthy things about this loop is first of all to know of its existence and know that if you're on a journey of growth and that growth might involve gaining hard, tangible skills like surgical skills or it might be about gaining less tangible, soft skills that might be communication skills or emotional intelligence or learning that some activity or behavior that you're engaging in or some belief that's resulting in a behavior is causing you problems. Now those bits of feedback are the hardest to receive of all. So in my practice we've got a couple of rules about feedback. The first rule is, and this isn't really a rule, this is just true of feedback, the first point that everybody coming into my clinic is taught and needs to understand is that feedback's going to happen and it's going to happen from everywhere so and you should expect it from everywhere and that includes me as the owner as the ultimate leader so the first rule for this to be possible is that it is expected that everybody gives feedback and when you're giving feedback rule one is that you give the feedback and that you give it with the intent to help somebody accomplish something and get better at something. And to that extent, the feedback we're offering is a gift. So you're giving something with the intent of helping them. The second rule is that you have to be open to feedback. Now that does not mean you have to agree with the feedback. That does not mean that you have to, you're obligated to act in the way the feedback seems to be pushing you. You may disagree with the feedback and that's okay. But the intent that you must enter any feedback conversation with is to receive it as a gift. Okay, and it might be a gift that you don't want. You know, it might be a gift from a grandparent that's a jumper that's two decades out of date and the wrong size, you know. So you don't have to like the gift, but you have to love the fact that somebody gave you the gift in the first place. And I think that's a healthy way to think about feedback. Because what happens in most practices is that the exercise of giving and receiving feedback is a completely psychologically unsafe act, unsafe process. The person giving feedback is often giving feedback at best, very incompetently, so blunders into it, it feels awkward about it, actually wants to be doing something else, probably anything else in the practice than giving that feedback because it feels awkward. So one of two things happens. Either you procrastinate and you don't give the feedback because now is just not the right moment, or you give it in a very direct, blunt way and the intent is not obvious. And therefore the person receiving the feedback 
and this is the mistake they make, is that they don't see it as feedback, they see it as an attack. They see it as an attack on themselves. And so they receive the feedback in a psychologically unsafe way, which if it's been given in a you know clumsy fashion or a psychologically intentionally unsafe fashion, i.e. it is an attack, is extremely hard to do. So what rules are there that can help us give and receive feedback better or what structures can do that? Okay, so that first rule, give feedback. So the first question is, when should you give feedback? Well, the answer is, you should give feedback often and you should give feedback at every opportunity there is to give feedback. You literally can become like a feedback junkie in terms of giving it and receiving it. So you can be a role model for this. And feedback is just information that's given that helps somebody understand a behavior or an action in the light of a goal, perceived or not. Preferably perceived, obviously. All right, so feedback is just information. It's neither good nor bad, and I think this is a horrible label to give it. Positive or negative feedback. No, drop the labels. It's just feedback. Feedback can be given badly, it can be given clumsily, or it can be not given. That's bad feedback. But feedback, the information it's given itself is never bad information, okay? So when we're giving feedback, the answer is you give it often. That's when you give it. The other parts of the when question is, like, when is the right time to give feedback? And the answer is, as close to the time that the thing you're giving feedback happened, that you are emotionally capable of doing it so that it's not perceived as an attack. Okay, so sometimes some things happen in practice and we get really upset about those things. Somebody is curt with us. Somebody jumps the queue getting into the radiology room. Somebody shows up late for a shift. There's a whole bunch of things that are behavioral, almost always behavioral, that can be very triggering for us. So depending on how triggered you are, that can be a good reason not to give the feedback in that moment but it should be given as close to the thing that happened as possible. And that depends on your ability to manage your emotions. Two days later is better than never. A week later is better than never. But as further you get from the feedback, the fuzzier everything gets in everybody's mind and the less relevant it's going to feel. Now, are people the major pain point in your practice? If so, you're not alone. Over 90% of managers report staff problems to be their number one issue. At the root of this problem are usually three dysfunctions. A poorly articulated vision, toxic culture, or some form of leadership breakdown. If this sounds familiar, then do not despair. Help is at hand. I encourage you to check out Leaders, a veterinary-specific leadership training program where you will learn how to create and execute on a shared vision how to hire well and build a powerful, high-performance practice culture without all the drama. The class is accredited, delivered online and open for applications now. To learn more, listen to a free training webinar or apply, visit drdavenickel.com forward slash leaders. Now back to the show. Now, the next point about the feedback is how should I give the feedback? And I think there are some simple rules here if you're giving feedback. First question is just ask permission to give somebody feedback. Hey, listen, may I give you some feedback on something? 
So that's step one. Step two is checking that this is a good time to give them the feedback. You know, somebody's done something and they need some feedback on it, but they're in the middle of recovering an animal, that might not be the right moment to give feedback. Now, if they're doing something wrong in the way they're recovering the animal, it will absolutely be the right time to give the feedback. And if they're doing something dangerous and life-threatening, then the permission part of the feedback, you can probably skip that because something very expeditious needs to happen. But for the most part, where there is time, ask permission and ask if now is a good time. The third thing I think that helps with the delivery of feedback is just to frame what you're about to doing in a way that makes it feel safe. I would like to give you some feedback. I'm going to offer you this with the intent that I want this to help you and start there. And then step four is describe the thing that just happened. Describe the data. What just happened? What did you see? What did you witness? What was the impact of what you just saw or what you just experienced? And then check in if they were aware that that was happening. So when X happened, I witnessed, as you were doing X, I witnessed Y. I don't know if you're aware of this, but I think the impact of that might have been Z. And I just wanted to share that with you as feedback. Now, sometimes you might want to suggest alternate options for them to help improve their performance. But here's where coaching is really handy. Because just giving the data and the information allows somebody else to consider and reflect on that behavior. And that might be enough for the feedback. And you can just leave it there. Now, it might not be enough. And again, this is completely contextual. It's, it's circumstance dependent. So you might then ask, would you like any advice or information on how you might handle that differently? How you might have a, a different outcome? And again, if the answer is yes, then you can proceed to offering your advice or insight in the way you might have handled things. And at the end, you can then just say, listen, thank you for hearing what I had to say. I really appreciate you for that. And I just want you to know that I give that with the intent to try and help you. Can I just check in with you? How are you feeling? So right at the end, thank them for being open to the feedback and check in with them. How are they feeling? And your job is done after that. Okay. Now, your job is to give the feedback as effectively as you can. The person receiving its job, you don't control their emotional response. They do what they're going to do here. And some of that is on you with how well you give the feedback, but mostly it's on them. So once you've done your check-in, let them be. Now, if you're on the receiving end of it, how do you receive the feedback? Well, being open to it means if somebody's going to offer you some feedback, then accept the moment. If you can, you're not obligated to accept it in that second, but accept it at the earliest point at which you're emotionally capable of accepting it. There's the other half of that psychological safety. Be in the best emotional state of mind. If you've just had an argument with somebody and somebody wants to give you feedback, you could say, listen, I really appreciate that you want to give me feedback right now. I will be open to this, but in this moment, I'm not sure that it's the best emotional moment for me to hear this. So could we have this conversation at a later date and commit to that later date? However scary this is, it's probably going to help you to hear what needs to be said. And if you can't hear it now, then your job is simply to listen and absorb the information and try your hardest to remember that this is not an attack on you. It's a description of a behavior or it's some data about an outcome 
that was not optimum that somebody's trying to help you with. Or it might be a description of a behavior or sharing of data that reinforces something that went really well that perhaps you're not aware of. Listen, when I heard you make that phone call, I got to tell you, the way you handled that client, I could hear it was a difficult conversation. But by the end of it, what I could also hear was that the client, it would have been impossible for them not to have been satisfied with what you did there. Because I heard you do X, Y, and Z. That's exactly the process we have for handling these moments. And you absolutely nailed that. I just wanted to recognize you and offer you that feedback. Really well done. So that is the last thing I'm going to leave you with about feedback is that you must not just be in the habit of giving challenging feedback. Okay, let's call it that. It's a challenge. If it's something you want to correct or help somebody grow, then it's challenging feedback. And if it's something that somebody's done well, it's kind of reinforcing feedback or supportive feedback. Okay, because you want to see that person using and developing that skill, building that muscle a bit further. So recapping what I've just said, feedback is a necessary step in growth and development of healthy, functional practices. Feedback needs to be given and received in a psychologically safe way. Feedback needs to be given regularly and often, and everybody needs to be used to it. Feedback must be given positively, much more often than it is in a way that is challenging. There is a process you go through for giving feedback that's about stopping, checking in that it's okay, signaling your intent, delivering the feedback and checking in at the end. And there's a way of receiving feedback, which is about being open to it, remembering it's not a personal attack, even if it can feel like that sometimes. And that your job is to process the feedback, reflect on it and do something with it, which may be disagreeing with it. If you do those things with feedback, you will get used to giving it, you will get used to receiving it, your relationships will improve, the emotional safety and the emotional temperature of the practice will feel vastly different. And if everybody on your team gets behind doing feedback in this way, remarkable things will happen. There you go. That's what I've got for you in feedback this morning. Really interested to hear your thoughts. It's a scary topic, hard to do, but uh, yeah, let me know how it goes in your practice. Do you have any moments where you tried it and it went horribly wrong? You probably will. Just laugh them off, check back in, reset, go again, because you also probably need feedback on giving feedback. How meta is that? All right, guys, have an absolutely awesome day, week, or whatever it is you're doing right now. And I hope to hear you and I hope to be able to speak with you. And I'll see you in the next episode. Till then, be safe, be well, and be happy, gang. So that wraps up today's episode of the Veterinary Leadership Success Show. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, it would be most appreciated if you would leave a review on iTunes and tell your friends in veterinary medicine all about us. Until next time, from all of us here, be safe, be well, and be happy. Now, are people the major pain point in your practice? If so, you're not alone. Over 90% of managers report staff problems to be their number one issue. At the root of this problem are usually three dysfunctions 
poorly articulated vision, toxic culture, or some form of leadership breakdown. If this sounds familiar, then do not despair. Help is at hand. I encourage you to check out Leaders, a veterinary-specific leadership training program where you will learn how to create and execute on a shared vision, how to hire well, and build a powerful, high-performance practice culture without all the drama. The class is accredited, delivered online, and open for applications now. To learn more, listen to a free training webinar, or apply, visit drdavenickel.com forward slash leaders. Now back to the show. Thank you.